we are once again. Mm, Episode three of the Lee and Haley Show Overtime Podcast. We got a wonderful letter from a guy. Did you read that? Yes, I did. Thank you, thank you. I've got to look up his name. We got an email. He's listening to to us from Georgia, I believe. Yes. Um, Wherever you're listening from, if you have any questions, comments, praise, uh, send it to ideas at leeandhaley.com. Where did it go? But anyway, we love uh, helping people pass the time. Scott. Scott. Scott Scott. from Warner Robins, Georgia. Yeah, thank you, buddy, for um, writing in. We appreciate you. Here's a little thing. I'll just read a little section of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, He said he was driving, and he said, I'm one of those people that will drive forever and go as far as I can go without stopping. So you can imagine how difficult it was for a grown man with a full bladder not to piss himself while listening to Lee talk about his adolescent ass-crack cyst. If you're wondering what that's about, go listen to episode one. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And then he also responded to, last week I shared some, um, I just opened up about mental health, self-worth, confidence and stuff in response to Lee and I went to see a hypnotist. And I talked about that and he wrote some lovely, very encouraging things. So Scott, thank you so much. If you ever have thoughts, comments or whatever, send them to our email. We'd love to hear from yeah. you. So anyway, well, um, good to see you. Mm-hmm. The day that we're recording this is our first day back in the office to film not only this, but also the Lee and Haley show. Um, you were on a luxurious West Coast trip with your yeah, buddies. Was. And um, yeah, yeah. F- our friends from uh, Limestone Farms. Uh, Limestone Farms, Burn. Darren, yeah, and uh, my buddy Richard, who's mm-hmm. also the show's attorney. Mm-hmm. Um, and another friend joined us down there. Actually, a couple of friends, uh, one of them from high school. Uh, you didn't I, even know he was going to be down there when you booked the I, well, trip, I right? knew he was going to be down there. He didn't know I was going to be down there until Neil. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we had a we had a great time. We started in Palm Springs, played a lot of golf, watched uh, for those folks here in Kentucky, or if you're a fan of the PGA, you know the journeyman PGA golfer Josh Teeter. Love him. We went to the American Express uh, Open that takes place out at Palm Springs where some kid from Alabama won who's an amateur. Did you see that? No. Pro didn't win it. He won an amateur this won This kid from Alabama. Was it Shia LaBeouf? No. Oh. He uh, he doesn't get any prize money. See? He's I, an amateur. I know. And he whipped like Ricky Fowler and uh, who else was in that? Uh, 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 Scotty Scheffler. Mm-hmm. All those guys. Mm. And he doesn't get anything? No, because he must maintain his amateur status. So the for the second place guy got the first place. Why do you want place? to maintain your amateur status? That's a great question. I don't know. I don't know. I guess so you can continue to play college. But the, but oh. the thing is, you can get NIL money. Now you can get NIL money. Maybe someone will slide him a little. NIL I'm sure. Money. Well, he's buddies with Nick Saban anyway. Nick. Yeah. Newly so retired. I, I, what do you think he's up to? I don't. He's just, I think he's probably still drawing up plans for the next game. probably will end up somewhere else. Yeah, but the man is 72 years old. Yeah, maybe Some not. Some people like to work maybe till not. the day maybe they die. Maybe he'll go do television or something. You know, I who don't else see was... him bringing a lot of flair to the TV. Nick Saban, great coach, interviews and things you see him. No, I've never been like crum- now. Him and uh, Bill Belichick are sort of curmudgeon. They're not, no matter how much media training they get, great coaches, they're horrible at media. And yeah. so I'm just like, have you even have you seen Saban in the Aflac commercials? Yeah. Thank God they brought Deion Sanders into it to bring a little charisma. Nick's yeah. like, yeah. yeah. You can even see, it's like it's paining him to have to bring... It's beneath energy him. to it. No, it's not beneath him. It's just that's just not who he but is. He'll, he'll take the money. So I just I don't think he would have expert insight. Like if you had him on ESPN or something like that, commentating on college football. But it would be the most blasé. Whatever he said, I'm sure would really apply. But it would be like oh, just trying to get through it. He's not uh, Terry Bradshaw. 
No, who I love. I do too. I love Terry Bradshaw, including he plays the dad and uh, Kathy Bates' husband in the movie Failure to Launch, starring Sarah Jessica Parker and Matthew McConaughey. Where he does the nude scene. Oh, does a nude scene. You did, not from the front. It's not full frontal. It's just from the back. It's full and it rear, is, though. It's full rear, and it's hilarious. That is an underrated rom-com. If you're looking for a rom-com, Failure to Launch. Yeah. So good. Matthew McConaughey, hotter than ever. Bradley Cooper's in it. So good. Oh, yeah. He's the bad guy, right? No. Bradley Cooper's not the bad guy? Oh. No. He he shares a secret at one point that's kind mm. of a dick move, but mm. he, it all, it's, you know, you know how rom-coms go. Mm. It all works out. Yeah. A rom-com I still have not seen is the new Anyone But You that everyone oh, is saying yeah. that's, that's in theaters that. still now. Yeah, the um, Glenn, Glenn Powell, Powell and Sydney Sweeney. I still haven't seen it yet, and every review I see, people love it, but say it's the best rom-com in, it harkens back to How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days and yeah. all those great rom-coms. It's good. A lot of conflict. No. Uh, they they want to be together, but they can't be together. You mm -hmm. know all that nonsense that never happens in real life. I thought I they guess. don't want to be together. I thought they hate each well, other. Well, no, they really want to be together. Oh. But there's a misunderstanding. Oh. And they can't get past get through it. it. They can't get past their Anyone. own pride. Yeah. I could get past my pride if Glenn Powell was offering. Could you? How tall is he? I don't know. I gotta look. Him I think up. he's normal height. Yeah, I'm just curious. He's you, not. He's not super tall, but I don't think he's very short. They had I don't a lot think of he fun. Is, but you can just never tell on TV. Now, here's where I identify with Glenn Powell, and I did like it because she's obviously he's six feet tall. He, she's obviously younger than him, and they kept making fun of his age in the movie, like he was super old or something. Oh, I don't know. Well, Sydney Sweeney's five three. Yeah. Uh, how old is Glenn Powell? Let's he's see. like he is 30, 30, 30, what? Eight? 35. 35. He's the same age as me. Yeah. Uh, oh, he's a little younger than me, just by a few months. Mm. But Glenn, my sweet little baby. But they acted like he was some sort of, uh, you know, cretin. Because yeah. I don't know, she's playing someone considerably younger, younger, I guess. Yeah. But I, anyway, I I liked it. Yeah. Let's see how old Sydney Sweeney is. She's got to be, she was born in 97. Mm -hmm. So she's what, 20. And he was born Five, in 88. He was born in 88. Yeah. Same year as I. What city was I born in? A little trivia for you. What city were you born in? Mm -hmm. Memphis, Tennessee. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Mm. Look at you. Yeah. And you were born in Winchester, Kentucky? Correct. What hospital? <laughs> well, let me decide. <laughs> Which hospital was it over there in Winchester? Well, <laughs> the several... Big universities and all the clinics they it was have at there. The teaching hospital. Well, yeah. I don't know. I'm not from there. The Clark just... County Hospital. Clark County Regional. One. Yes. Well, now it's a regional hospital. Yeah. But yes. Yeah. At the time, it was just the one. Yeah. I don't know where I was. I was just born in a hospital. Yeah. In know. Memphis. In Memphis. Beautiful mm -hmm. Memphis. My parents were living there at the time. Um, and uh, yeah. I was in Memphis uh, last year. I enjoyed my time there because I was. Yeah. Stayed near well, one of the casinos in Tupelo. Our show is seen in Tupelo, by the way. Mm -hmm. If you're listening in Tupelo, you can watch the Lee and Haley TV show. Hello, Mississippi friends. Um, but I, yeah, I enjoyed Memphis. We we did a lot of. We went to Graceland, me and my buddies, because we were there to watch a football game. I remember seeing we pictures. Watch Ole Miss play Kentucky. Yes, and um, we went to Graceland. We also went to uh, what's the the 
motel where Dr. King was shot. We oh, went there. Oh, I don't know the name of it. Yeah, yeah, wow. We were there. Ooh. That was moving. How does that, it is, it has it's to be incredibly depressing I was gonna and say, moving at the same time, you know. It's like when you see where JFK was shot. It's like, whoa, I can't believe I'm actually here. And yeah. it's a landmark and you want to see it, but it's like, ugh. But they have, you know, it's all, it's a museum now. Yeah, the whole thing. But, you know, they got where the balcony was mm-hmm. and then where they assumed the shot came from. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, oof. Yeah, you yeah. need to see it, but it, when you walk away, it's like well, you're there. You might as well. You might as well, yeah. And, and that, and they, it's they do a wonderful job at presenting, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. his legacy and what he did. Yeah, you know what? I have driven through Memphis, but I have never visited Memphis since my family left there when I was like four months old. We also went to Beale Street. Okay, and that's where Thoughts? the. I don't care for that too much. I'm not a blues guy. Yeah, I love jazz. Uh huh. I love jazz. Uh huh. Blues is, it's like, you know, if, if you're not a country person and you like rock and roll, that's, that's sort of jazz and blues or okay. that, they're, they're, they're related, but they're not. Mm-hmm. Related, but different dads. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the step brother yeah. to jazz. Okay. All right. I just, I don't get it. Ja- blues is the John C. Riley yeah. to Will Ferrell's mm. jazz. You're right. Sure. Okay. That's a good Okay. Analogy. Here you go. Step Brothers. Great movie. Great film. Mm-hmm. You know the movie that came on TV the other day, and I watched about half of it before I was like, I don't really care to finish this, was Daddy's Home. Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg. Wahlberg. Yeah. I, 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 I kind of remember hearing about it, and it, it came okay. on. Yeah, I just didn't finish it. I couldn't get in. I couldn't believe Will Ferrell. I couldn't believe his character. He was, he was too nice. Syrupy. Nice. Like, there was no joke. He was like too nice like that no that was the whole thing is that mark Wahlberg is this rough tough motorcycle riding bad Mm. dude and then will ferrell's this really sweet but i felt like i just didn't it was just too much i just couldn't believe it daddy's home too oh had very inspired casting really because then the grandfathers come in and um who plays the grandfather will ferrell's dad Mm -hmm. is a very sensitive earthy john lithgow oh great casting and mark Wahlberg's dad is a hard-nosed, hard-drinking, fighting former military guy, I think, Mel Gibson. And oh, it's perfect wow. casting for both those guys. Oh, that's great casting. And Mel Gibson and John Lithgow hate each other. Oh, of course, of course. they do. Because they can't connect well, You know how anyway. it's all going to work out. It always works out. That's it's all about the grandkids. And, that, you know, we get mad at movies where it doesn't all work out in the end. But you got to appreciate the shock value of it. Yeah. You know, usually in movies and shows, I like it's like everybody, you know, the main character's not going to die. You know, Game of Thrones changed that whole model for us. Everybody dies. Yeah, I always would try to explain who weren't people who weren't watching Game of Thrones. Yeah. Sean Bean is the only known actor in that whole thing mm-hmm. when that thing started. Yeah. And, I, and I'm like, I'll give it a shot. I'll, you know, and I liked it. And I'm seeing, and I remember they get him to the chopping block Mm -hmm. and i thought how's he gonna get out of here yeah where's the arrow gonna come from who's gonna rescue him i wonder what they do and then chop yeah that's and i'm like what what wait a minute just over and i the way i would compare it imagine if you're watching the andy griffith show yes (gasps) and sheriff taylor is shot and killed now barney's got to figure it out we don't. You think? Well, we don't have a show yeah, anymore. It's it's done. And that was just season one. It had what 12, 15 seasons or something. Yeah, something crazy. And and, then, and every two years they kill somebody else you fell in love with. Yes. Like, 
These writers just don't care. They don't care about the actor. They don't care about how much audiences love it. But it took kept, a lot of guts. It did take a lot of guts. This is the first show I think that really I noticed that was doing that kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then it was so well developed and such long form, it got you to fall in love with the next character. And the yeah. next character. Or you really hate and you're rooting for the and demise. You're, root, you're like, how is this person Cersei still alive? or... Ugh. Yeah. yeah, man. Who I loved her, though. In, uh, She's um, very beautiful. 300. What is it? Lena Headley? Like oh, Lena 300 was such a good movie. With uh, Gerard Butler. Gerard Butler. played. Yeah. She played his wife. Mm-hmm. And that was just on TV recently. I watched about 15 yeah. minutes of it. Yeah. So good. Thinking of his queen as he died. He dies? No. Um, yeah, that's good. Okay, so uh, recently I watched, I may have mentioned this last week, I don't know that I did though. Um, I recently binge watched, like everyone else, Fool Me Once on Netflix. Harley I haven't Coben's, seen that yet. Oh, you got to watch it. It's an eight part series. It's British. He's dead. My husband's dead. Mm. Uh, the lead is absolutely beautiful. And the conversation on TikTok is that everyone's obsessed with her, men and women. Um, it's really, really good. I'd never heard of the author Harlan Coben. Forgive me, but... Um, You're not forgiven. Thank you. I was talking to them, not you. Oh. No, but now that this has come out, apparently there's a ton of other books he's written that are miniseries on Netflix already. So if you love Fool Me Once, just search his name on Netflix. And there's like one that stars... Um, the, the Is it Michael C. No. That was in Dexter? Yeah, I, is his name I, Michael I C. Hall? I don't know. Anyway, he's amazing. Some of the same actors that are in Fool Me Once are in some other ones. I think you would really like it. Yeah, I may check it out. It's good. It's a mystery, murder, intrigue, British accents. I gotta watch this comic. Everybody loves Dusty Slay. Have you watched him yet? Mm-mm. Apparently, Josh Teeter, the golfer, that uh, can I just say it's a cool moment to know somebody that's on the PGA. Just because I I, I show up the golf course late. Josh is on hole eight. Yeah. He's on hole eight. And he doesn't have a huge gallery, but he's got a good size gallery yeah. anyway. And I woke up and and I'm just standing there as the other golfers are moving down the field. And Josh, I see him and I wave. He comes over, shakes my hand, talks to me for a little bit. I'm never. I think of that. You got a guy come to the ropes and shake your hand That's while huge. he's in the middle of a contest. Yeah. That's how he makes his living. Yeah. I mean, you and I wouldn't do that. We're broadcasting from the desk and somebody walks in the studio and goes, excuse me, let me go over and shake me. this hey. guy. Maybe I would during a commercial break. I was going to say, that's the equivalent. I think you would. It's the equivalent of a commercial break. It wasn't like he backed and off do the you hope that swing you and shake, came over. Yeah. Do you hope that you shaking their hand would have the same impact as him shaking your hand? Did? Mm, I, I would hope and dream that one day it would inspire. Yes. Yeah. Now, people love you. A lot of people say, though, that that we've talked about on our TV show before is that people don't realize you're actually kind of shy when people meet you in person. Not shy, like, I'm scared. You're just, like, more subdued than people think you are because you're so crazy on the show a lot of times. Mm-hmm. People think they're going to be like, Lee, and you're going to be like, what? Well, what am I bringing to the table? Nothing. Thank exactly. God you asked the question. Right. So what am I supposed to say to them that make them feel... Everything that I do, whether it's on stage or uh, on broadcast. I've written for you. Yeah, you've written for me, and I don't have my script there. That's right. So what am I supposed to say? I don't want to ruin the facade. Yeah. You know, they they may like me, and now I'm going to ruin it. Oh, sure. Yeah. But you know what I do like is when I finally warm up to somebody, the last thing I want to talk about is me. I want to talk about you. I want to hear what it is you do. What yeah. is it that excites you? What, yeah. what is, what's happening in your life? Yeah. 
Unless you're boring, then I'll walk away from you. Yeah. Like I do know a day all the time. Constantly. You got to get away from That's me. boring, I'll oh, say. I hate this. I'm out. Oh, also, another thing I've been watching this week, I was shamed by many people when John Wick 4 came out and everybody was going to see it at the theater mm-hmm. and saying, um, oh, it's amazing. I've never seen any of the John Wicks. This past week, mm-hmm. I've watched John Wick and John Wick Chapter 2. Yeah. Probably tuck into three tonight and then four later. Keanu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's an actor. Never heard of him before. Yeah. No, I've seen him in a million other things, but I'd never seen John Wick, and I can't believe that I haven't. He's so good. It's all about the dog. I know. It's that broke my heart. Dog. That literally, I couldn't take it. I mean, I the bad dog, with they the dog. kill his wife. And then the jo- And the only thing she left him was his puppy. Yep. And they kill a puppy. And then who are who does these that? guys? They, it was unnecessary. It was unnecessary. They yeah. were just there to steal his car. Yeah, you can't. And that son and that was, was in like Game of Thrones. Fr- yeah. It's like the first 10 minutes. Yeah. All this happened. I was already in love with the dog. It's like in Up. It's like, what have you done? I just sat down here, got my popcorn, and you have put me through the emotional ringer. It's the Who word. directed this? Yeah. What sadist directed this movie to have me? Oh, my goodness. It's too much. It's not right. So anyway, um, Keanu loving you. A performance of Keanu's I also really like, which was different for him. A walk in the clouds. Was a walk in the clouds. No, was um, something's got to give. Diane um, Keaton, Jack Nicholson. Oh yeah, I love that. He's the heart doctor. He's, he's you're the not going to take Viagra. Of course, I don't take Viagra. Yes. And okay, because this will kill you if I give you this in jail. Yeah, okay, I had. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he pull and then he pulls the thing out. And they're like, well, we just gave gave you some. <laughs> yeah. Such a good movie. Yeah. Any movie by Nancy Myers. She did The Holiday. She did Something's Gotta Give. It's complicated with Alec Baldwin and Meryl Streep. So good. But that one, Keanu plays a very good doctor, but love interest to Diane Keaton as well. Yeah. Jack Nicholson is so good in that movie. Amanda Peet, too, who I love. Oh, Amanda Peet. Amanda Peet. Haven't seen her in a while. Yeah. I used to get she and Lake Bell confused. Not me. But Lake Bell's But I see why that could happen. I, w- yeah. I just would get their names confused. I'd be like, no, wait, is that? I'd know their faces, but their names. They do look similar, though, in a way. Yeah, kind of the coloring of the face and the teeth. Um, I get uh, Lake Bell and this other actress who I can't think of at the moment, but she's been, a, she's a comedic she actress. Well, you know, people are going to be screaming at me right now. She was actually in the latest uh, Marvel series where she plays a witch. Um, Elizabeth Olsen? N- well, no, she's she's Elizabeth Olsen's enemy. Oh. Um, and then she was also in one of my favorite rom-coms of all time. What was it? When a date with... Tad Hamilton? Tad Hamilton. She played the bartender who was in love with... I don't think I've ever seen Topher Grace. Yeah. She, I get her mixed up with Lake Bell. Have you got it yet? Have you pulled it up? It's telling me Elizabeth Olsen is the witch. Well, no, I know she's... she she Yeah, she's the Scarlet Witch. But there's another lady who's in that. Well, you're Why gonna... didn't you win a date with Tad Hamilton? Why didn't you pull that up? Well, I don't know. Oh, my god. Why gosh. don't you bring something to the table? What? Oh, that's right. You don't. Okay, here we go. Now we're just going to have people... Now it's a battle to see who can find it first. ...listening to people looking things up. That's an exciting podcast. It's like having dinner with your Kate parents. Kate Bosworth? No, I love Jennifer Kate. Goodwin. Uh, yeah. Catherine Hahn. Catherine Hahn. Catherine Hahn looks like Lake Bell. No, she doesn't. Yes, she did. Oh, you're looking at the wrong person then. Catherine Hahn is so hilarious. Yes, and she looks like Lake Bell. I don't see it. But that's okay if your measly little brain thinks that. But hey, that's fine. I'm going to do a side-by-side. Okay, go ahead. Um, Catherine Hahn is one of the most hilarious actresses in the world. I love her so much. 
Yeah. I love her so much. I just watched We're the Millers on TV recently, mm-hmm. and she's in it, and so hysterical. Um, she's so good in How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, speaking of rom-coms, mm-hmm. as her friend, and then when she plays the therapist. Mm, rageaholic. Yeah, she kind of reminds me of Lake Bell. I'm looking at her right now. Let me see. Okay. She went away. They all do. Yeah. They all do. But yeah, a little bit. Mm, okay. So uh, later on the show, we're going to talk with uh, the Bourbon Life podcast host, yes. Mark Rucker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's got his own podcast, which is fantastic. I've been a guest on. Mm-hmm. Um, Longtime friend of the Lee and Haley show. We've done many a segment where we did tastings with him or just learning about bourbon. But yeah, he's, he's got a, this amazing podcast. A master of bourbon. Master of bourbon. One of only five in the world to have that certification. Right. What are you doing with your phone? Well, I was looking uh, at seeing if, yeah, we got also because there are people that are texting me. They have topics for us to discuss, which, of course, the audience is, can the audience can do that as well. What are you doing? Something's... You're doing something else. I'm not doing anything. Yeah, else. everybody's been texting us ideas, but are you? What are you doing? I'm, you, I'm explaining doing? what's happening, and then, but if you want to, you can write to us ideas at leeandhaley.com. Okay, that's something shifty. You throw me a surprise party. No. I don't know about. <laughs> yeah, step on this plastic. Oh. Oh, mm. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, well, what was the highlight of your trip? You went to Las Vegas and to Palm Springs. What was the best thing you did? Well, the the weather in Palm Springs uh, was phenomenal. The first day was shut up. I'm getting text messages. Seventy five degrees and sunny. Oh, amazing! Yeah, it's beautiful out there. Yeah. That Coachella Valley, you uh-huh. know, the mountains. Because yeah, they actually hold Coachella there, like right, right near where you were. Right? Tickets went on sale while we were out there. Oh, but the it's just beautiful. Those mountains that just wrap up that entire valley it's gorgeous Mm -hmm. then we went to vegas and uh you know we had a good time what is boof well vegas is a lot it is a lot first of all i played golf and spent more money on a round of golf than i could ever dream i would ever it was as much and i'm this is not a brag this is for me being embarrassed okay it was that one round of golf cost me as i mean this cost me as much as my first car my oh. first car was a piece of junk it was a 78 volkswagen dasher love it love it so my dad paid cash for it yeah but nonetheless and you took that cash and saved it and now you've played one round of golf. <laughs> yeah i played one at the wind course oh my god which is is beautiful too because yeah, it's, was it worth it it's the only golf course in las vegas that's in near the strip okay like in order to play golf you got to go outside of the strip so mm-hmm. you're surrounded by the hotels and that's your view is and, all and, the, hotel, and yeah. the big ball the sphere yes you is saw it right there it's out my window in in the hotel room i had i look out the window and at night they turn it to the moon it's oh. just it's kind of cool to see the moon looks like it's right next there's to a me. video you can look it up of a golfer on that same course i played who is driving down the fairway? He hit, and it's the emoji. It's the yellow yes. face emoji, mm-hmm. and it's apparently looks like it's watching him tee off as he's driving towards the sphere. Creepy. And he hits a bad shot, and the, he does like the slap face. Uh-huh. The sphere. Spe- the sphere does. Sphere. The sphere does. The like sphere. It, the sphere's ashamed like, of this oh. guy's. It was just. I don't know if it's perfect timing or somebody was controlling it, but yeah. it was perfect. Maybe it's an ad for the sphere. Well, it, I don't know if it's an ad, but the whole thing is an ad. For what? For electricity, I believe. 
They're I don't know why they don't. I don't know why they don't have more ads. Apparently, the they sphere. just fired the guy who was running it. Yeah, he lost like a bunch of millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah. Maybe because he's not advertising; he's just putting emojis up. Yeah. But there was a show there I wanted to see with you too, but mm-hmm. I, I didn't stay long enough. I had to come back. You stinker. There was a show though. I saw the Rat Pack tribute show, and uh, it was so good. Yeah. Yeah, I love Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. and those guys. And uh-huh. these guys bring them to life. And they are not, and they do jokes you cannot do today. And they go, What are you? Because people sometimes will groan. They go, What are you talking about? It's 1960. We can say what we want. Uh huh. Yeah. And it's obviously all a joke. I mean, then of it was kind it was of a joke, joke, but it was real. But now, yeah. No, it was a joke what, then, too. Of course. Just jokes nobody that wouldn't was sensitive. fly now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Best thing you ate. Uh, on the way back, we had a stop in Lincoln, Nebraska, one to refuel, but also a, a, a business meeting. And there's a place called Runzo's. Runzo's. Yeah. And when the driver said, "I," because we were hungry, he's like, "You guys, I'll get you Runzo." And we're like, "You want to give us the runs?" Uh, I'm not interested. Thank you. But it was really good. It's a what fast food place in Nebraska that the Big Ten commissioner loves. You know, Nebraska set the record for volleyball attendance. They had a girls' volleyball oh, yeah, game, right. and they had put it in the football stadium. They almost had 100,000 people watch mm-hmm. this thing. Well, mm-hmm. the big team commissioner was there, and he went to Runzo's after. Oh. Runzo's, it has Subway's colors. It looks like a Subway. Okay. It has a drive-thru. Okay. And these sandwiches are almost like Sloppy Joe's, oh. except they're in a hoagie bun that is almost looks like it's everything was injected into it because... It's it's complete. The bread is complete, except for a little hole oh, there. Oh, on the top? On the tip. Or on the end, yeah. Yeah. And then you eat it like that. It's very good. Like Almost like a bread burrito. So I had, yeah, I had shaved, it was like shaved uh, beef. Oh. But it was uh, Tex-Mex style. So I had jalapenos and peppers. That sounds amazing. And, and some kind of sauce. It was really good. Runzos. Runzos. I gotta get in there. That sounds awesome. I but, love it. But we ate at uh, Smith and Walensky's. It's a steakhouse. Yes. Yeah, we ate there. Yeah. But I'm what talking about Runzos. The round of golf or Smith and uh, Walensky's? Actually, Milos cost more. Milos. Because it was $90 a pound for seafood. Is that right? I think it was $90. Yeah, a pound. I saw that in your picture. And we had uh, some kind of scorpion fish. And this guy loves lobster. So he kind of tastes like lobster. Oh. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But Runzo's was the best. No, I'm, I'm just saying. It was just a, something that sticks out. If I'm ever in Nebraska, if you're ever in Nebraska, you can go to Runzo's. Get you some Runzo's. Yeah. <gasps> Sorry, I just got an alert. At the time this we post this, this will be old news, but this will be new to Lee and I. John Stewart just said he's coming back to the Daily Show. I guess 2024 is going to be a great year after all. That's the title of the BuzzFeed. America's Anchor Man. America's Anchor Man. I love John Stewart. You know, we don't always agree politically, but I, I, I what I love about John Stewart is it's always the joke comes first. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't be more proud as an American of John Stewart's work he did with the victims and families of 9-11. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he it wasn't just Republicans or Democrats he held accountable. He held Congress accountable. Mm-hmm. He didn't care. Yeah, yeah it he was didn't bottom care line, these people are were. dying. I like John Stewart. And, um, and again, 
partially he stood up for me when I was going to open for him and Comedy Central tried to shut me down. And, and then we got for timing to him. issues or what was the deal? I don't know. I think they just whoever was running the show, like, why do we have to do this with this radio station? Because they said, well, he's going to host it and he's going to open. Yeah. And then they went, yeah, probably for timing. Whoever's running. The yeah. Show. Like, they were no, like, no, nah, we don't important. need that. But thank God, my my buddy Scott Wilson, who's the the house MC at Comedy Off Broadway, he knew John. He worked with him at the Punchline in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and we got backstage because I had credentials. And then we <laughs> we get, get to John, and Scott's like, "Hey, John," he goes, "You remember me?" And we start talking. And he goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." He goes, well, "This is my buddy Lee, and he was supposed to open for you tonight, but they said he couldn't do it." And John said, "Who said that?" And me and Scott pointed, those guys? And John said, be right back. Oh. And he walked over there, and John is looking up at him because John's like five foot three, and he's, he's pointing his finger, and he comes back. He goes, do your time. Have fun. That's so awesome. I love that story. Love, John. Welcome back, buddy. We missed you. The Daily Show's been floundering since Trevor Noah left. <laughs> I'll say before that. I know. A lot, you weren't a big fan of Trevor Noah's work on that show. I mean, obviously, nothing's ever going to top when John was on it. I'm saying I thought it was fine when Trevor... Loved it when John was on it. It was okay when Trevor was on it. And then since then, they've never announced a host. It's no, been kind of crazy. They did win Emmys and stuff, though. Yeah. You know, for they, you know, it hasn't been horrible, but even the cast members, I think, are like, what's the plan? And well, so I guess this is the plan. They, if, they, if, if, if you're not going to give it to John, you should give it to my buddy Roy Wood Jr. Yes. I love that guy. I know. We worked a crappy night in some hotel in Indiana. Yeah. Bartenders? Oh, comedy. Comedy, yes. <laughs> and I love Roy. How do you think you'd be as a bartender? Surly? If I they did, if they asked you to make a fancy drink with 48 ingredients, would you be like, nah? I, we went to the Chevy Chase Inn one day. Okay. Me and my buddy Devin. And, uh, dive bar in Lexington. It's a dive bar in Lexington. Love it. It's yeah. iconic. You got to go. Yeah, sometimes my buddy Dennis Dillon uh, will play music there, and mm-hmm. I'll try to find the date so everybody can stay away from that. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, but we walked in there, and there's this old guy who was there when it first started in 1920, I assume, and he said to me and Devin, what do you want? And I said in old-fashioned. He goes, we don't do that. <laughs> And Devin and I just uh, went, okay, we'll just have it on the rocks. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't about to do a cocktail. Would that be you? I don't know if that would be me. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. You might be like, nah, but I'll make you something I want. No, I would do that. I got something better for you. Try this. Excellent. I do like to convince people of things I like and why it's good. Yeah. Because it validates you. Does it? Oh no, I do the same. Like if I really like something and I t- it feels so good when I really like something and I recommend it to someone and they really like it, I'm like, "Oh yeah." Yeah. I knew I was right. Or maybe a little bit of me was like, "Am I right?" But if someone else loves it, I'm like, "Okay." I get angry if they don't like it. You do. I don't. I'm yeah. kind of like, "Well, whatever. We're all different. I still like it." But you you kind of never give that, up the fight. Yeah, that If they say me. they don't like it, you're like, well, that was dumb of you to say, because I'm going to yeah. be on your ass like white on rice getting to convince you. That happened on the trip, and I'm trying to think, what was it in reference to? It was a show or something, and we were talking to one of my buddies, and they saw it, and they said, well, I didn't care for it. I go, well, what part did you see? What do you mean you didn't care for it? I've heard this before. Whenever anyone does it, yeah. No, I need you to explain yep. why you don't think this is good. Uh-huh. 
Because I don't understand our value system as friends. How can we be friends if you don't think that the yes, same that I think on That's things? why I get irritated. Yeah, sure. If it's just some random stranger, I'll go, well, that guy's an idiot, and mm-hmm. I move on. And but move you on. can't be a part of my circle uh-uh. and not think this is good. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I like that. Okay. Boom. Okay, in a minute, we're going to talk to Mark from the Bourbon Life Podcast. Stay right there. Stay right there. Joining us now here on Lee and Haley Overtime, our buddy Mark from the Bourbon Life Podcast. Mark is an attorney by trade, but his passion is drinking. Oh, no, I'm sorry. No, no. Tasting, appreciating, appreciating the craft of bourbon. I'm just kidding. Mark, it's so good to see you. Great to see you guys. He has a long time. Yeah, it's great to have you here. He's a longtime friend of ours. We've done many segments with him on our TV show, but first time having you on the new podcast. I've been on his podcast. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you were supposed to. Yeah, what was the deal? I don't know. She bailed on us. But we had a great time, right? I said, I won't sit near Mark. I hate that guy. I hate him. I get it. No, I think I was sick or something, which I tend to do. I have a weak immune system, and I try to whip it into shape through verbal assault. I'll look in the mirror and be like, get it together. Or you need to drink more bourbon, and then that helps with the immune system. You know what? I've heard that. I've saying. heard that. Anyway, your podcast, yeah, is all about, well, The Bourbon Life. It is. That is the name of your podcast. Yes. Many of you may be familiar with it. Those who aren't, what is The Bourbon Life podcast? The Bourbon. Well, we started it in February 2020. We're coming up on our fourth anniversary, so we're in our technically in our fifth season. Yeah. But we interview master distillers, blenders, uh, owners, people in the industry, mm-hmm. people that are connected to the industry as well. Um, we had Chef Weed and Michael on as a matter, you know, so. That girl's going places. Kentucky Treasure. Love her to death. Yes. So people that are connected to the bourbon industry as well. Um, and we share their stories and that's what we do. And, you know, the bourbon life to me, it's kind of a conduit to share the amazing stories of the incredible people that are in the bourbon industry mm-hmm. with people all around, around the world. I and mean, we've been downloaded in 46 different countries now, which is crazy to say. And what's um, the one country that you were like, if I get a download in this country, I'll know I've made it. What uh, country were uh, you like? Yes. That's a good, I, I never have, I haven't thought about what it was, mm. you know, Canada, you know, I'm thrilled to have Canada. No, not really. Oh, Canada. Yeah, but, but we do have podcast listeners in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, but some just rare, like Ethiopia, we've got like three downloads and I'm like, who in Ethiopia is listening to the Bourbon Life Somebody. podcast? Somebody, Somebody that wants is there to doing that, learn right? about so, right. bourbon. Yeah, okay. so I'm I'm all for it. I'm happy to yeah. happy to have him on board with us. So, and he knows what he's talking about, friends. Mark recently got the distinction of master master of, of bourbon. master of bourbon, one of only five in the entire world. That's right. Yeah. Oh my gosh! So this guy knows his way around a bottle of bourbon, a glass of. I think we asked you this once on our show. How do you like your bourbon normally? Just, I drink it neat. You drink it neat. I was going to say. I figured that would be your answer. Yep. What's the current one you're crushing on? One that if you're at home and you're going to pour yourself some right now. You know, well, the Elijah Craig Barrel Proof is just always my favorite. They put out three releases every year. Oh, okay. So the current one that came out was called the C923 batch, and it's probably the best batch they've put out in five or six years. Um, so that's one I'm really, really enjoying. I yeah. got several backup what bottles. What did they do <laughs> to that. make that so good? Or was it just the luck of the draw because of the weather and the rickhouse and the temperature um, and all the things that, so it's just rolling the dice, isn't it? Well, it is. I mean, the maturation process, you know, it's different. And they, I think they have eight different locations where they store their barrels in Kentucky. So they take a combination of barrels and blend it. This particular batch, though, the average age, well, the youngest was 13 years, seven months old. Mm-hmm. So it is an older whiskey. Okay. They dropped their age statement on their barrel proof back in May. It used to always be at least 12 years old. They dropped it, and then the next release came out at 13 years, mm-hmm. seven months old. 
but this just combination of what they blend and they do a wonderful job of blending their barrels. They've mm -hmm. got great warehouses. They get a lot of wonderful effects off their maturation process. And it was a, the, I mean, it's a magical barrel. I mean, it's seventy five dollars a barrel. barrel. So. Oh, which wow! I was expecting it to be more expensive. It's, yeah, it's, I mean that's it, not cheap, but yeah, you can't find it anywhere now because it's uh, all been bought up because it's been so successful. Right. People mm -hmm. loved it so much. Ticketmaster, another one of those deals, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Screw Pay job. Eighteen dollars service fee and your twenty. No, I, uh -huh. A buddy of mine was he he bought some bottle of bourbon that was aged on the ocean. That, that sits in the waves rocket, and this is supposed to be the thing that That's makes thing. it. Yes, because it's just yeah, it's set. It sits like on a, a barge, and it the you know the waves are moving it around. So, that, but the oh, but yeah. I started thinking about that, Mark. But you're not That's, getting. I've never heard of that. You're not getting seasons. You're not getting cold and heat and all the other things that and it, make it Kentucky bourbon fantastic. Yeah, and it depends. Like Jefferson's Ocean is one where they put it on a ship and they sell and they do a voyage with the barrels on the ship. Whoa. So they do get some seasonality changes. Uh, plus they get that rocking back and forth. So there's constant contact with the liquid, with the barrel inside, mm -hmm. which is really important to get that contact. Um, Never Say Die Bourbon is the new bourbon that just came out. Pat Madden is actually involved with that. Okay. Um, they did the same thing. They actually put it on a ship. They sold it to England and then they aged it there, I think for a little while as well. Uh, but I think you might be talking about O.H. Ingram, which is out of Memphis, and that's actually on barges. Yeah. So those guys uh, take barrels. They put them on these barges. They've converted into almost like a rickhouse, mm -hmm. and they stay there. So they do actually get the seasonal changes in those barges. They're not large. I mean, right. Well, the barges are large. Mm -hmm. They're just not tall like a rickhouse. Right. But they do experience some pretty rapid uh, temperature variations. So we're talking about the Mississippi then. They're on the Mississippi. Yeah, gotcha. they're down there right outside of Memphis. Yeah. Um, and it's really good bourbon. I, I enjoy what they okay. what they put out, but it's called O.H. Ingram. So that might have been it because that is on a barge mm -hmm. in the Mississippi River, which sounds kind of hokey when you first say it. But then when you taste the product, it's actually it's actually really good. So, yeah. Hokey or not. I got yeah. a barrel sitting on a waterbed at the house. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then do you get temperature changes in there or seasonal changes? You get the cold shoulder. You get that one. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. The oh, heat. Dude. The heat. <laughs> yeah, we haven't yeah. experienced the heat. Okay. There's no heat yeah. in there. It's no. just it's frigid. It's frigid yeah, cold. It's cold pressed. So what is uh what is what what about the bourbon life sort of surprises you still to today? I mean when you think about what you're what you're promoting. Yeah. Is there anything out there that's weird or odd or fun or that I you think come the across? Coolest, the coolest thing is the way that it brings people together. Mm -hmm. um, and it goes across so many different spectrums you know it doesn't matter how old somebody is because i'm an old guy you know uh but the people I, I deal with and we record podcasts with are in their mid-30s or younger uh, so they're 20 years or more younger than i am but mm -hmm. we're friends and that's really unique that that you can have those types of relationships where you know you've got somebody that, that that's older and but bourbon brings us all together uh, it, does, it really doesn't matter where you're from but i always marvel at that like at the kentucky bourbon festival just to look at the spectrum of people that are there, all nationalities, people from different countries, different states, uh, different nationalities, different ethnicities, different mm -hmm. beliefs. It doesn't matter. You know, it really doesn't matter what you think or who you are, uh, what your belief structure is. If everybody likes bourbon, that's the commonality. 
And that always can bring us together, which, you know, it can it can save the world. Yeah. Well, that's the best thing about, I think, adult beverages is the social aspect. I agree. Like, think that's what makes like when you go to dinner with your friends and you all get a glass of wine. It's like, yes, the imbibing helps you have fun and relax, but it's the sharing of it and the appreciation of it. Same thing if you you both go and get, you know, an old fashioned or just neat bourbon. Well, as you know, I always drink alone. So on, I, next to the waterbed. Yes. <laughs> next to the barrel on the waterbed. And Lee yeah. just kicks it with his foot. He just yeah. rolls the barrel right there. I envision him with a cowboy hat on, like on the barrel, like a cowboy. Oh riding. my gosh! I do that. Practicing yeah. for the I talk to myself sometimes, looking yeah. at the uh, ceiling mirror. I thought it was your mother that had ceiling mirrors. It is. And don't get mad that I shared that. You shared that on our TV show. I know that's true. <laughs> and that is true. when I was a kid. She, she had, had that on a waterbed. Yes. Ceiling. Yes. How is she? Partying. Partying. His mom, I love his mother. She is so hilarious and so sweet. That woman is free. She does what she wants. She lives her life. Nice. She's not going to leave any bucket list item not checked, I feel like. I think that's a great way to live your life. Yeah. You know, do what you want to do. Somewhere she's living the bourbon life. Yeah, very nice. (laughs) (laughs) So as Lee mentioned off the top, so you are an attorney. Yes. So when did your just appreciation for bourbon turn into... Wanting to do this podcast and turning sure. it into wanting to become, making it a business and making it Instagram. Kind of- I'll tell you the story. Instagram. <laughs> he started doing stuff on Instagram yeah. and got great feedback. Now, Mark, like, can you quiet down? Lee's yeah, I'm trying to story. tell the story. And it was on Instagram. People started following him on Instagram. So you just started, excuse me, Lee, did he just start posting about it? Yes, he started posting about it. And then he realized, holy cow, I think I could maybe turn this into something else. And is how what did that he did. make him feel? Validated. Oh, my gosh. So now he's validated. But your parking is not, and we'll see no, you later. I know, yeah. I'll get a ticket. I think I saw somebody got a ticket the yeah. other day or recently. Yeah, I did. I Lee's did. always getting parking tickets. Because yeah. they're always out to get me, Mark. I was going to say, because he thinks they're always out to get him, but he uh, finished yeah. my sentence. So, um, well, I, you, you, you mentioned Ethiopia, but, I mean, is there someone in the milieu of people that you've met that you never thought you'd have the opportunity to meet because you're such a fan of of this industry? You know, just the master distillers themselves, that's really something that surprised me. When we started the podcast, and we did start the Instagram in 2018. That's how it all started. Interesting. I heard about that. You heard that story, Uh I think, Mm -hmm. somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. But that really, it grew. And then the podcast was just the natural extension of that. And you got a buddy who does the podcast with you. Yeah, Matt Hughes. Yeah, yeah, he looks like out. a surfer dude or something. <laughs> Matt has lived an interesting life. He spent about five years living in his van down at... Uh, by the river. Down by the river. Uh, yeah. down at, by suit Ma- jackets. By Miguel's Pizza. Yeah. Rock climbing. He spent five years... In the gorge. Yeah, I in the gorge. That. Well, yeah. that's awesome. Miguel's Pizza. Shout out. Yeah. That stuff yeah. is good. And this he, guy knows his stuff, Oh, though. he does. He's got an amazing palate because he's worked in the restaurant industry. He also worked at a bakery. So he's had so much experience with food and mm-hmm. spices that he can taste something and he just pulls out the and he's it's not bs i mean he's very very genuine about it but he has just that memory of those spices and the different foods he's tried Mm -hmm. that as soon as he tastes the bourbon he can say oh that reminds me of this particular spice or this particular food like Mm -hmm. instantly instantly yeah it's amazing and i mean i'm a master of bourbon but matt his palate is beyond i mean I could never get my palate to that point. I really mm-hmm. don't think I could. I think it's just a natural ability yeah. that he mm-hmm. has. Like a so super some of palate. it's natural, but some of it can come through experience yeah, you can, too. You like can anything, train yeah. your palate. You can train and taste. You know, I did that for that Master of Bourbon certification. Right. I spent a lot of time blind tasting whiskey mm-hmm. just because that was part of the process. 
mm-hmm. part of the certification. But Matt just does it naturally. I mean, he can taste something and he'll tell you what it, exactly what it tastes like. Mm-hmm. My palate just takes me to places like Spring Break, Fort Lauderdale, men's room, <laughs> Hooters. This reminds me of yeah. that thing I tasted in the Fort Lauderdale. Oh, that's what you said. Well, yeah. Just letting you know, that's what you said. Well, whatever. Oh, but I was telling you about the people I've met. Yeah, yes. so Master Distillers. You know, we started it right around COVID, uh, about two weeks before the governor shut down the entire state. Our mm-hmm. plan was to go to all the distilleries, meet with these people in person, record the shows. It was a master plan, and then it got shut down. Mm-hmm. So we had to pivot. So we found an online recording platform. And then the Master Distillers didn't have anything to do either because people couldn't go to the distilleries. They couldn't travel and do their road show, you know, touting their bourbon. So they were looking for opportunities, ways to spread the word, mm-hmm. and we were the perfect It was avenue. fortuitous. It, it really was. I mean, I hate to say that, yeah, COVID was a great blessing. for us, but it really, yeah. for the podcast, it really launched us um, and gave us that opportunity to meet with a lot of distillers that we probably never would have had the chance mm-hmm. to meet with. So well, that's you know, been great for us. For us, a similar story in that, you know, driving me crazy was birthed out of that, and that's probably oh. our most popular segment right. where yeah. people right. mention, and it was us trying to help out restaurants. By, because everybody we was drive doing to carry out and do carry out, oh, and we're yeah, still looking that? for yeah. content. And and it may have been Noah Day or somebody said, "Why don't we put cameras in the car while well, you guys are picking it up?" And then that segment was birthed that way, and it became driving me crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah, and we still do it. We're going to do a segment right after this. Fun. Can I go? Sure. You can. We'll put you in the back seat. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. But you have to lay. With like a bottle this. of bourbon. Do For those that are just listening, I just lay down in a sensual position <laughs> yeah. on the table. Mark's going to be in the backseat of Lee's car doing it. I'll she do the George Costanza the on the yeah. on the Chase Lounge, if you remember. Oh, oh yeah, I yeah. just I rewatched that, that yeah. episode recently. <laughs> it's so good. Such a good show. Oh, right. George. Well, Mark, what is exciting for me, buddy, is that here you were, were a fan of the industry, the bourbon industry. And now, because of your passion, you've become one of the most important people that has a platform that the bourbon industry can't wait to get on. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a great American story, mm-hmm. and I love it. Congratulations it's, on that, I buddy. appreciate that. It's, it's extremely humbling um, to be in that position. Uh, I, I consider myself really to be an ambassador of bourbon, but also the state of Kentucky. I'm a native Kentuckian. I love our state. I love our, our product that we create here, the, the bourbon, and I want to do everything I can to share the story of bourbon with as many people as I can. So... It's a, you know, it's a responsibility, I feel, now that we've grown to this point, and I just really enjoy doing it. It's something I'm extremely passionate about, like you said, yeah. and maybe one of these days I can just do it full time. Yeah. <laughs> Before well, we wrap up here, um, we all drink responsibly and try to all the time, but sometimes it gets away from you. Mark, as we wrap up here, tell us one of your worst hangover stories. Oh, my God. <laughs> this morning. <laughs> this yeah. morning, getting ready for this podcast. No, I'm, I'm doing dry January. <gasps> Me so, too. Yeah, so it's been kind of rough this this month. But but I'm okay. We're almost through it. So right. I'm, I'm, I'm the only guy it. supporting the industry right now Without at this table. Without you, the industry would have fallen apart. The worst story that I can think of was years ago mm-hmm. when I had separated um, in the process of a divorce. Ooh, we're and, getting in there. I like this. And decided to go to St. Louis to watch Mark McGuire hit his 500th home run. Oh. I'd been following this was back in the late 90s. Yeah. Oh, I remember this. So I'd been I following him and watching, and, and I was getting my car worked on at a local dealership, and I just happened to look at the sports pages. And they were playing in St. Louis that night. So I actually went to the airport, bought a ticket uh, in Louisville on Southwest Airlines, flew to St. Louis, went to the game. He hit 500 and 501, which was great. Uh. I went out and celebrated for him. 
after yeah. the fact. And he wrote in and said to tell you. Yeah. And he you. did. He said, thank you so much. If it weren't for your support, Mark, I probably yes. would not have done right. that. Mm-hmm. Woke up the next morning underneath a tree outside of a wow. hotel. Good I didn't even make you. it into a hotel. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love this. And I was, I mean, honestly, I was sitting on the ground with my like propped up against a tree <laughs> and it was about six o'clock in the morning and I had a flight at 10 o'clock and oh, I got God. to the airport <laughs> you and, did. and, and uh, I had lost my, my ticket that night before. Oh no. Oh, that's, yeah. you had to have the paper ticket then. Yeah. yeah I had to have yes. paper ticket. So lost the ticket, had to buy another ticket Oh no! just to fly back from St. Louis to Louisville and got in my car and drove back to my office and actually closed like two real estate closings that afternoon. Yeah, so it was a rough. You're the machine. Oh my! That was a long. God. That was a lifetime ago. Yeah. How good was the sleep that night when yeah, you got home? Oh, we got was, to get it in was, the bed. Yes, it yeah. was wonderful for sure. So, well, yeah, that's probably the worst. That that is definitely not probably. That is definitely my worst. Yeah. Yeah. Hangover. Story. Thank God for that tree propping you up like yes. you propped up five hundred and five hundred one. That's right. You exactly know. Right. Oh, love it so much. <laughs> Mark Rucker, the Bourbon Life. Check it out uh, on any of the podcast platforms, and check out his Instagram page too, and see what he's up to. You know, Instagram is where it all started for him. You know that already. Yeah. Okay, Mark. Good to see you, buddy. Cheers. Cheers well. Thank you. Cheers, Cheers to you. Stick with Dry January. We're almost there. Thank you. We're almost there. Lee, keep going with wet January. <laughs> I'm soaking wet. Okie dokie, everybody. It is time for the portion of the show where we respond to random prompts from either you guys at home. You can send these to us, ideas at leanhaley.com, or our staff members or friends of the show. And so we're going to start with some of those um, and then blindly respond to them. So here we go. Lee's got our first one. Who submitted it and what is the topic? All right, go from uh, top to bottom. We'll start with uh, Bridget, our executive producer. Okay. Getting lost. Oh, getting lost. I assume she means geographic speaking. I'd say so. Yeah. Right. When's the time you got lost? Do you refuse to get lost? Do you get lost? I try to get lost. You do? Yes. I like to explore spaces. I like... A- not, not if I'm on a time crunch, but like okay. if I'm just... If I got nowhere to be or if I'm driving home or... Or I'm on vacation, I don't mind to try to get lost and then figure it out. See, That's fun for me. I don't want to get lost. You mean you just want to go out there and see what you find. Getting lost to me means I don't know where I am and there's a bit of fear here. I always know where I am. Then you're never lost. Exactly. That's beautiful. We just coined something gorgeous. Yeah. Um, you don't so much get lost, but you are... Um, I just hearken back to that time you got us stuck on the inner loop of the interstate in Nashville. when We were down there for the SEC tournament for the show the first time. And you kept not... I wasn't lost. It was a Big Ben Parliament moment. From a European vacation. I couldn't get over. I know. And, and, but um, you could. You just weren't. No, I couldn't. And, and you could. You don't know. This is what drives <laughs> me insane about you. You don't know what I'm dealing with. You're over there in the cush passenger seat. What are you sitting on a block of wood? Your no, I'm driving. Cush- and all of my sensory devices are looking. We have wind chimes on the outside of the car? For danger. To I'm, protect you. And I was saying, yeah, you got plenty of room to get over. You said, no, I don't think I, I was coming up. Because you don't have a rear view mirror. You, I have your mirror. I have my mirror and a rear view mirror. I have three gauges to know what's approaching. And you're over there just judging <laughs> all and know, making it worse. All I know is it, we were in downtown Nashville and it's like the interstate loops right there where they all connect. And I say, this is our exit. Go right here. 
long way before the exit. And he goes, ah, can't get over. And I'm like, what are you doing? No, that was our exit. And he said, now nah, that guy was coming up too fast. I didn't he like, was. I said, I didn't like the look of him. Yes, because he was coming way too fast. He was coming too hard. I couldn't get over. So what I would have if I moved over, he could have hit us. So what happened the second time? Because we came same thing. And you missed it. Same thing. I was wanting an opportunity to get over, and I couldn't. Why? But you act as if I'm just stupid. I don't know how to get over, and I'm over there dealing with life-threatening issues, and you just, oh, it it bothers me. What bo- Fine, you want to know what bothers me? You never put your blinker on to let them know you need over it. You never slowed down. I think you accelerated. That's the way to do it. That's how but you get you over. Did, you did, have to accelerate. But did you get over? But there is a ratio. I can't accelerate and make the turn at the same time. I've done the math here. I'm calculating as we're driving. You're not. You're just wanting over there at the moment because that's how you are. You're not thinking about consequences like I am. What are you talking about? You don't understand you the like, danger. Hey, we get hit. Who cares as long as we get over? There was one time you and I, you don't know this. We were in North Carolina coming home uh-huh. and we legitimately, this was the closest I've ever been to dying. You were asleep. You have no idea how close you were to death. Because in North Carolina, for some reason, on uh, I-40 or whatever that is, they have decided to allow traffic to merge from the left. Oh, I hate that. On an interstate. No, you can't do that when we drive. Now, I'm in the fast lane on the left. In the fast lane. Now, who would have thought? What traffic can merge over here? How stupid is that? Yeah, it's dumb. In the fast lane. And some old man had stopped. And people are now backed up, and uh, some idiot just decided, well, I'll avoid him, did not see me coming at all. Yeah. And I'm doing 80 plus. Yeah. I soiled myself. <laughs> and you slept through the whole thing. Yeah. I think you kind of, because I, 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 had, I had to do an evasive maneuver yeah. where I whipped it over. And I do remember this. I thought, okay. All this happens in nanoseconds. Yeah. The unbelievable speed as to which I comprehend Make decisions. everything. Yes. Read the room. So we can't, I don't want to hit this guy. So I have to make the executive decision to whip it into the right side, right lane. Yes. Now, I don't know if anybody's there or you not. Didn't, yeah. But I thought maybe I could push them over if we make contact. They could go into the meeting. Now, the worst thing is. If they're on my rear right quarter panel, they'll make us fishtail. Yeah. You know, that's the cop maneuver. And now you and I may roll the thing. Yeah. Not you and I. That would be you. (laughs) (laughs) You're in there. I'm not. What do you think? I'm like making a whirlpool in the car. Like, let's roll over. But fortunately uh, for us, the good Lord took care of us. And we got over in the right lane free and clear. I think I remember rousing from my slumber. That woke you up, I think. Yeah. And you complained about something. I think I did. I think I was like, God, Whoa. drive much? Yeah, what are you doing? And I'm over there sweating bullets. Bullets. Crap in your pants. Yes. Yeah. Okay, our next question. Okay, well, we solved that. Um, what's the last... This is from Nikita. Okay. What's the last thing that made you laugh out loud? We don't laugh, Nikita. Yeah, that's a trick question. She knows we're deadly I was enjoying myself at the poker table. I will protect his anonymity. But a friend of mine was playing with me, 
and he was being abusive to the dealer. Oh, that's... I mean, not really bad, but he was Okay, I was like, that's not okay. But he wasn't polite. Because, you know... Was he joking sarcastically or being mean seriously? He was lit. And and so as he would would give this guy pet nicknames, and... You know, he call him Zing Zang or whatever he call him. Hmm. You know, your favorite Bloody Mary mix. Love it. And he goes, I got you beat. And it's that's not the game. The dealer the, the, isn't. The four-card poker game, which we were playing, is a game of cooperation mainly. The dealers are there to try to help you for the most part. They want you to win. It's not their money. Right. But he acted as if it was. As if as if Zing Zang he, is him fighting. And, him and Zing Zang were in a competition. Yeah. But he won every hand and was just loading Have up. Have you seen him play four-card poker no. sober? No. Oh, okay. I was going to say, does he normally lose? No, that's lose? the only time I've ever played oh, okay. cards with him. I was going to say, but when he's drunk. But he, he looked over at me and he would grin and he would go, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I all I do is win. All I do is win. That's amazing. Yeah. His drunk card shark alter ego. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't remember. I mean, I did laugh earlier on this podcast, but I don't know. The last thing that truly, truly, I can get absolutely hysterical with my brother and sister mm. when we're together. And usually it's, I mean, it's current day stuff, but it's recalling memories. funny memories. Sure. We will get absolutely hysterical. Mm. Like the time my, here's a funny story. My mom had the grill on the outdoor grill and she had accidentally put it too close to the siding of the house. Mm. So she, it's starting to melt the siding and she's panicking. She yells to my brother and says, Jack, go get the hose, the outside hose. And he's like eight or 10, but he remembers it vividly. He said, and I'm like, I don't realize what's happening. So I just think mom's watering plants or something. He says, so I walk around the side of the house where a cat's there. So I stop and lean down and (laughs) pet the cat. He said, mom, who never said curse words around us. She comes around the corner. She's like, what is taking him so long? She comes around the corner and sees Jack petting the cat. She goes, Jack, what are you doing? Get the hose. The GD house is burning down. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, oh, well, he comes around and she gets the hose, turns the grill off, cools down the siding, but the siding was melted. We did have to get Mm. it replaced. But Jack remembers it vividly because my mother, and she was in a pure panic. Like, if we don't start that, where is my son? And he's petting the the tabby cat because he didn't understand the urgency. That's funny. Oh, ridiculous. The other question, or Nikita says, your first job in TV. My first job in TV was um, I was a reporter at WBKO in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah, that was my very first job. I was a reporter. I think my days, my work schedule was Tuesday to Saturday. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, shot. I, that I was a one-man band. Um, and that means I carried the camera, the tripod. I shot everything. I wrote everything. I edited everything. So. I don't think I told you this, but my actual... First job, I think I got paid. I don't really remember. I was. In, it's only a job if you get paid. It's well, an internship no, or a volunteer. No, it wasn't effort. that. No, it wasn't that. Okay. But it, I don't. It, what I mean was, it could have been a promotional thing. I was working radio, but my first like where I was on TV on a regular, uh, like for some kid show, I was hosting. What? What? Yeah, it was like on Fox Fifty Six, <laughs> the kids club host. We gotta find footage of that. I gotta see this. Yeah. Well, anyway, I think wow. that may have been my first job. Yeah. And then, of course, I ended up being a regular host over at the other place. Why are where you, you being met me. cryptic? That's where you met me. No, I know. Yeah. Okay. Are we now just listing our jobs? 
The question was well, first job. Well, I think I, – I don't know if I should I remember the that. outfit I wore to my interview because that was oh, my yeah? first real job out of college. And I remember I wore a tan shirt dress with a brown belt and these brown Ralph Lauren heels. I'll remember it to this day. And the assistant news director complimented my shoes. And I was like, I'm in. And I got this job. And I did. <laughs> uh, here's uh, some uh, questions from uh, viewers. Okay. Uh, the first time you met each other, and did you kick it off immediately? Kick it off. Kick it off is what this guy says, yeah. Okay. Um, the first time Lee and I met was in the newsroom at our previous job, um, when we both worked in news over at LEX 18. Um, I was the morning anchor. Lee was the roving reporter, uh, one of, and, um, I was quoting Blazing Saddles at my desk to some other staff members, because it was a hilarious time to make a joke, and Lee walked in and was like, excuse me? Mm-hmm. thinking he was the only one allowed to watch Blazing Saddles. So we started joking about that, and then we met, and then, yeah, we hit it off right away. We were like, we were already working together, but it was like during my first week or something, and we hadn't met each other yet. Um, yeah, so we connected over, shocking, comedy, first thing, and, um, ooh, I just hit the mic. Uh, yeah. All right. And Anything then, for you? Well, that's the story. Oh, okay. I mean, you kind of got it wrong a little bit. I was sitting at my desk. And I heard you quote Blazing Saddles. I know. I said I was quoting it to other people, and you heard it, and you came over and we met. I guess, yeah. I thought you said I was standing there. I was sitting at my desk, minding my own no, business. No, you were standing there in the audience watching my show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, then we got, uh, oh, this is from David. This is Nua's buddy okay. who lives in Atlanta. He says, uh, if you could ask for one thing back in your life you lost, what would you ask for? I left a jacket at the Marriott, Walnut Creek, California. It's near San Francisco. Left it in that. You know what else? And then at the Venetian, I left my phone charger. Lee. And then when I was with you in Mississippi, when we were shooting the open, I left like five good-looking shirts in the in the daggone wardrobe in the hotel room. In the hotel room. How do you do this? You don't do. I just assume everyone does. You don't do. I do a check. I do a check. Not good. Not but well. There's always you, some item that hides from me. The Walnut Creek thing at that Marriott there. I, it's the closet I, door is also the bathroom door. So if the bathroom's open, the closet's open. Yes. yes. That's why they got me there. Mm-hmm. And I went back to that Marriott about five months later. And I said, can you get my jacket? And somebody stole it. Because they were holding it for a while. Oh. And then somebody took it. Well, don't you know? They look dapper. I'll t- I can show you that jacket. I got oh, okay. a picture of it. I miss it. Okay. I miss it. All right. Show it to us. All right. Oh, uh, no. I do. When I leave a hotel room, I do the most OCD room check you've ever seen because I'm terrified of leaving something, especially if it's like a hotel like far, far <clears throat> away. I go to each section of the room like five times. This is once I have everything packed up and like in the doorway about to leave. I walk around the room like three different times. I apologize. I apologize for those just listening to the audio. Lee's holding up a close-up photo of him in what appears to be a navy jacket that some man or woman is wearing right now. Remember that one? Oh, yeah. That one? Yeah, does that matching pants or is it just a jacket? I think it was just a jacket. Well, it's beautiful. R.I.P. It's okay. No, it's not. I'm never going to get that fit so well. I loved it. What brand was it? Express? I no. don't know. It may have been like a derby. You got to start checking hotel rooms. You got to start doing a pre- my own. Yes, when you leave, you got to check everywhere. Hmm. I do it every time. It's so annoying. Like O C D. I know I've already checked one area, but I got to check it again at least three times. 
I never leave anything. Never. Okay, next question. What's your worst sports memory? Now, I don't know if that means... When we were playing sports yeah, or we, watching? We playing or wa- watching. It's easy. It's the Christian Leitner thing. Yeah. That is, now, have you seen the new Continental Tire commercial with Leitner and the guy that made the pass to him? Grant. Grant Hill. Yeah. They're both in it, and it's painful. Know. Yeah, well. Unless you love them. You know, I mean, if, I like if you're them, Continental but, yeah. Tire. Grant Hill love. It is an odd. I kind of don't this. understand the Okay, time. let me ask Continental Tire this. Okay. All right. Duke is an erudite school. One of, one of uh, pomposity. Where it's it's the Ivy League of the South. Yes. Very few people get in. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, you know, pieces of work like Matt Jones uh, go to Duke. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. Small fan base. Small fan base. Mm-hmm. They had a great basketball program because of Coach Krzyzewski. No mm-hmm. doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we don't like them. And that was the most painful memory Kentucky fans, which the Big Blue Nation is the largest fan base. And you're going to celebrate that? Because I know what you think. Well, they were teammates and they had these championships. That's not what we think of. Yeah. We think of that one moment. Yeah. We think of Rick Pitino not they, putting somebody on the ball in front of Grant. They reenact the moment in the commercial. Yes. Why would you? Why? I don't know. This is like if I'm selling stuff in Boston and I'm going to show Yankees rolling a ball through Bill Buckner's legs. Mm-hmm. Why would I do that to him? Well, Grant Hill is... Do I not want to sell things? Yeah. Stupid. They want to sell tires to Duke fans. <laughs> well, good luck, because there's very few of them. Yeah. It's great. Grand Hill does a good job, and the whole commercial is about the assist and how important it is. And I threw a great assist, and then it shows Leitner at the end, and he chucks it in. Anybody could have thrown that ball. That's, yeah. Anybody. Mm-hmm. I could have gotten my grandmother to throw that pass. Sure. Because we, we didn't, didn't put anybody on the ball. somebody in front. Nope, we didn't. Mm-mm-mm. And the thing that irritated me about Coach Patino is then he would double down on it. I, I would do it again. Well, we get beat again every time you say that. Yeah, we go do ahead. It. Do it Why again. can't you say, yeah, I should have put somebody on the ball? Is it true Patino said the F word in a press conference recently? I'm sure it is. I think he did. That man doesn't, doesn't care about anything. Me. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Uh, one more. And we're... One more and we'll wrap this baby up, put a little bow on it. Oh, here's an interesting one. If you can meet anyone dead or alive for 30 minutes, who would you meet and what would you ask them? Marilyn Monroe, and I'd say, what happened? Did you kill yourself, or did someone kill you? Tell me right now. Well, does she know that? If someone murdered her, yeah. She well, maybe know. she was, you know, poisoned. Well, I'd say she's gained the knowledge in death. Oh. She can come back and tell us. I don't know why that popped in my head. I'd love to meet her in person, see her, just appreciate her gorgeousness and her sweet soul, and then ask her what happened. That's one of those great American mysteries I need to know the answer I know to. you're supposed to say somebody historical, but I'm going to say Norm MacDonald. I'd like to spend 30 minutes with Norm MacDonald and just laugh. Yeah. Yeah. I finally He's watched so Dave funny. Chappelle's new stand-up where he, oh, talks, where he about talks about Norm. talks about Norm. And he took him to meet Jim Carrey, yeah. who was in That's method a acting. funny joke. Hilarious. So hilarious. Yeah. He goes, I was mad. I was disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Norm would be, man, lost way too soon. So yeah. hysterical. Blue. His delivery, his voice. You hear his voice and instantly. Yeah, yeah. That, that there, that Canadian oh. backwoods thing he did there. So good. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's a good, what was the joke? I don't want to repeat that joke. But hey, I saw him tell that joke some to Conan the other day, and I loved it. We found your son. Oh, that's a good. Oh, so no, that, good. Was, that was in his podcast. Yeah, that was on his he podcast. He was talking to Saget. Bob Saget. Yeah. Oh, gone too. Yeah, Bob Saget was saying. You know how he was trying to be sentimental. And said, I was talking to someone who said, I just and, lost my son. Yeah. I've lost my son. <laughs> and and Norm said, says. 
Yeah, and he, what does he say? He said, and then I go to tell him, we found, and then Norm breaks in and goes, we found your son. <laughs> and Bob, Bob looks at Norm with such disgust. One, because he trumped him, that's funny. It interrupted the sentimental story. Yeah. But it's just mainly because, daggone it, Norm. Yeah, like. Well, you got to be so funny. Oh, it's so hilarious. And, yeah. and then Norm doesn't care at all. He just goes, well, that's our show. <laughs> and he meant it. We found your son. Oh, so good. He told me he lost his son. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lean Haley Show podcast or the Lean Haley Show Overtime podcast. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. And then if you don't know, if you are just listening, the video version of this podcast is on the Kentucky Sports Radio YouTube channel as well. Um, send us any comments or anything to ideas at leanhaley.com. And if you're watching on YouTube, drop a comment below. You can leave comments and questions and stuff there. So we appreciate it. Follow the Lee and Haley Show on social media and Lee and I both. Good working with you. Thank you. We found your son. <laughs> okay. No, he wants to connect with you. He loves you. He's he his name is Lee Jr.